0: Welcome back to the making the madness college basketball podcast coming to you live on YouTube, uh, doing a special, you know, preview podcast for the season. We're going through the awards, giving out uh, preseason trophies because obviously preseason trophies mean more than postseason trophies. Uh, I I think it's, it's fair to say, uh, that's definitely, you know, more important uh, player of the year, coach of the year, uh, newcomer of the Year, Freshman of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. We're doing one for all of those. Uh, we're also doing some overrated, underrated, who will be the one seeds, uh, some dark horse candidates. So just going through it all. And, uh, Sean, uh, should be a fun
1: show. Yeah, I'm excited. We're very close to the college basketball season. Like, I don't know, the last like 50 days or so, I've really went by pretty fast. I thought it was going to feel like forever. But it's really gone by fast and made the offseason easier to deal with. But there was a lot of movement this entire offseason, so we're always getting college basketball news. And even today as we were recording this, Terrence Shannon Jr. is being held out uh, for a little bit and as Texas Tech reviews if he's able to play right away uh, after testing the NBA draft waters and all that. So I'm sure we'll see more details on that in the future, but that's pretty big news for Texas Tech at this point. They started out with North Florida on opening night that'll be an easy game anyways so you know if you if there's potential eligibility issues you might as well deal with it now instead of dealing with it when you're in big 12 play
0: yeah absolutely and uh, I, I don't think they'll have any issues getting by in North Florida uh,
1: no. but uh, the Osprey though that you never know yeah. hopefully
0: it's hopefully it's less of a if it is a suspension less of a suspension than uh, what Kofi Coburn got for uh, dealing, I think, apparel on players' trunk. I think that's what it was. So uh, hopefully a little bit less of a suspension there.
1: Yeah, Kofi Coburn got three games, I believe, for selling some of his merchandise. Pretty stupid suspension by the NCAA. They just seem to never never find a way to get out of their own way. They're always doing something to make themselves look dumb so that's what they did in this circumstance they easily could have just been like you know what we're going to let Kofi Coburn play because that would be allowed right now with the new NIL stuff so if he did it a month later he'd be fine to play the first three games of the season but it doesn't really matter I think Illinois's toughest game in that stretch is against Marquette who also has a suspended player Greg Elliott right now so there's all kinds of uh players missing from games at the moment
0: yeah yeah uh, Greg Elliott missing. I don't think it'll be too big of an issue. I guess we can, we'll, we'll eventually touch on uh, game previews for all that. But uh, Illinois should be Marquette's not that good this year. I don't think.
1: No, they're not. That that offense is going to be a complete disaster. But defensively, they'll be pretty good. Yeah, they'll be tough. Uh,
0: Shaka Smart, he's he always coaches a decent defense. Uh, so. Yeah. We'll see where that goes, but uh, it is awards time now, and gonna give out some awards here, and we're gonna start obviously at the front. Player of the year.
1: Uh, I'll I'll let you kick this off. I mean, I I said it a year ago. I was a, I was a little early. But I think Drew Timmy is going to be the national player of the year. He led Gonzaga in scoring and rebounding last season. You could have had an argument for him winning WCC Player of the Year, but I think the leadership factor from Corey Kispert is ultimately why he ended up winning it. But Drew Timmy is now the leader of this team. He's one of the longest uh, been one of the longest. He's been on Gonzaga longer than most players on the team. And he is their best player for sure. He can do everything except for really shoot the ball. He's not a great defender, but he's a great playmaker for his size. Great scorer inside, great footwork. He does everything you'd want from him. And then as runners-up, I'm going a little a little bit uh, off the grid here, I guess, with Jaime Jaquez. I think he's UCLA's most valuable player. He's not going to lead them in scoring. But he can rebound, he can score inside and out, and he's a versatile defender. I think he contributes more to winning than Johnny Juzang does. And the other one, you'll see more so why I'm saying this one right now, but uh, I'll get I'll get into it later. I changed my pick a little bit here. But I'm going to go with Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana. He was great last year as a sophomore, comes back as a junior. And I think this is the best roster he's had around him since he's been at Indiana. And I think Mike Anderson is really going to help him thrive this season. I could see him averaging, you know, 21, 22 points, 10 or 11 rebounds. And that definitely puts him in the conversation for national player of the year. And I'm very high on Indiana this season. I think they'll be back to prominence this year.
0: Yeah. I I think I kind of have Indiana's like a borderline. I think they're on the outs, but they're like, kind of close to the top 25 for me so I, I definitely see yeah i have them
1: i have them in the back end of my top 25 yeah but
0: but if indiana makes the ncaa tournament one trace jackson davis uh, deserves to be not only an all-american but first teamer as well uh yeah i, I think the first team all-americans you know just the all-american list is going to be kind of unique this year because we have so many great bigs uh it's just, that's true it's going to be interesting to see if like Teams vote uh, for, or if they vote, you know, they insert like you have to have two guards on the first team or something like that. It'll be interesting to see what the kind of postseason awards end up looking like. But uh, in terms of player of the year, I also went with Drew Timmy. He's just the uh, best uh, college basketball player. Uh, you mentioned his footwork inside, he's probably the best post player we've seen. Uh, I mean, in the past decade or so, like he, you get him on the post, he's gonna score the basket pretty automatically. Like he's, I think, or you'll foul him. Yeah, or you'll foul him. Which he's not a bad free throw shooter either, so he can make yeah. free throws as well. It's not like foul, fouling uh, Hassan French, where.
1: I mean, yeah, if you foul if you foul Hassan French, like there's a very good chance he's not making either of them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess St. Louis doesn't have to worry about that this year. Yeah. I'm sure they'd prefer to have him, but.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Drew Timmy, I mean, just fantastic. I think clear front-runner for player of the year. There there will be other players, I think, in contention for this award, but I think it'll ultimately uh, go to Drew Timmy. I gave Giant Juzang as kind of my runner-up, both going UCLA guys at number two. Uh, I think if he, he continues that scoring run from the NCAA tournament, I don't think he needs to average 22 points per game like he did in the NCAA tournament, but let's say he averages 18, 19, 20 points per game, and UCLA is, you know, in contention for one seed and winning the Pac-12. I think that would get him at least on the first team All-American list, uh, and maybe not over Timmy, but like he would be in the player of the year discussion. And then my other runner-up, Paulo Banquero, who, I think it's probably going to average close to like 20-10 and 10 on Duke, and uh, it's Coach K's last year, so he'll get plenty of uh, publicity as well.
1: And he plays for Duke. You can't go wrong with that. I feel like a Duke guy's always kind of in the mix, but Paolo Banchero is really good, so I think he's going to be in for a big season. It's not just that he goes to Duke, but I think he might be the best freshman in college basketball since Zion. I mean, obviously, Kate Cunningham was great last season, but Paolo Banchero is really good. Yeah, I'd definitely say it's between Paulo and uh, Kate
0: Cunningham. But yeah, speaking of, let's just go right into freshman of the year. Uh, I chose Paulo Bancaro as freshman easy of the choice. Year. Yeah, easy choice. Now, now I get Chet Holmgren was ranked higher in, I think, 247, which is kind of the mecca of college basketball recruiting. But a lot of that just comes down to Paulo Banqueiro is just going to be in a position to score a whole lot more points than what mm-hmm. uh, Chet Holmgren is. Uh, Chet's probably going to be like second or third in, on the team in scoring. Obviously, Drew Timmy is going to take uh, the majority of the load. They'll be a pretty balanced scoring team, whereas I think Paulo can, you can know, average 18, 20 points per game, as previously mentioned. Chet could have a bigger impact, uh, but I I think Paulo ends up getting the award. And then Jabari Smith's uh, my third nominee. I think he'll have a good season for Auburn, but I think it's uh, Paulo Bancaro's award to lose.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be an SEC guy as the third guy among them. I went with Ty Ty Washington. He's looked incredible in everything Kentucky's done. They did the uh, blue-white game the inner squad scrimmage not that long ago and they played two exhibition games and he was really impressive in both of them. He can create shots. He can create for others. He does everything you'd like in a combo guard, and He is definitely going to be a lottery pick in my mind. He might wind up being the most impactful freshman in the country this season. He is just really talented in Kentucky. Uh, That's just, that's a reason why I think they're going to be so good because he is awesome.
0: Yeah. I I
1: equally have Kentucky being very good. I will, kind of get into, uh, some yeah, some, there were some people I tweeted, like they were losing in, uh, against a D two team in an exhibition for a little bit. And there's people, I was like, I still have them in the final four, even if they lose this game. So I guess spoiler, I have them in the final four, but there were some people that weren't super pleased with that take.
0: Yes. Um, we'll, we'll get into our final four takes later. Uh, but yeah, I, I have high regards for Kentucky as well. Uh, I guess continuing along the awards, we can stay in the player of the, you know, the player awards. Uh, Go to newcomer of the year. I think this is going to be Marcus Carr out of Texas. I think he's going to get tasked with shouldering the, you know, biggest amount of responsibility. I think Chris Beard's going to kind of let him play like Marcus Carr. He's going to have, I think, high scoring, you know, output and high assist output. I put Kellen Grady and Remy Martin as my kind of runner ups. I think Remy Martin's going not quite get you know, the leeway early on in the season. Uh, we, we've seen in the exhibition, uh, Chris Tehan start over Remy Martin, which is uh, always-
1: that's not going to happen on a yeah. Tuesday. If, yeah. if Remy, if Chris, uh, Chris Tihan, probably saying that wrong, is starting over Remy Martin against Michigan State, that'd be crazy. But uh, I can't, I can't foresee that happening.
0: Uh, they will they'll start uh Remy Martin as a two guard hot take
1: i mean if it's if it if it's next to dewan harris i like that yeah. but like I, I i've talked about this a little bit but it, i don't see them playing joseph Yesifu and remy martin together and seeing that work like it's just they're two guards that look to score first i don't think that they're both small guards that try to score first, that doesn't really work. Like I, I don't think that would be beneficial to Kansas. I think their best lineup, ideally, if they're in a national championship game or something, which you never know, they could, is probably Remy Martin, Ochai Abaji, Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, and David McCormick. Obviously, Wilson is suspended for the first three games of the season, so he won't be there for the Michigan State game. But I, I just can't see Martin and Yesifu being used together a ton. I think when they got Yesifu, they were like, okay, he's our guy. I don't think they initially planned to land Remy Martin like that.
0: Yeah, I, I think they'll play – DeWan Harris will, I think, play a lot more than maybe what we thought, and uh, I
1: think – He's a good glue guy. Like he's yeah. not gonna go and impress you shooting wise. If you leave him open he could hit it, but that's not his game. He's gonna defend and he's gonna set the table. I think the one Harris could be a very good asset for this team because he did play pretty solid last year. Yeah, he's
0: he's a good uh table setter, but yeah, going back to newcomer of the year, I think uh Remy Martin, he'll get kind of close to newcomer of the year. I don't actually know if they give out this award nationally.
1: I don't I don't think they do, but <laughs> For us, we're going to pick it, and I'm also. It, it's given to only transfers, right? Like, yeah. is it given to freshmen? Okay, I thought it was given to transfers only, yeah. but it it's our award that we're like people give it out in conferences, like yeah, like conferences award this. I don't think it's a national thing, but it it'll be our national thing for yeah, like the we our awards. This is our national awards. We're putting it as part of it, and then when we come back in March or I guess April. Or yeah, no, March. Yeah, March. March. Or we'll, April, yeah, like we'll that. give this we'll give this award out again and uh we'll see who gets it.
0: Yeah. I I I feel pretty confident in my uh
1: Marcus Carr pick. I, I do too. That's my pick. I am going to Marcus Carr. I I feel like he's underrated as a playmaker. Like he can really tally up the assists. He could play in the pick-and-roll game, but he can also really score the basketball. Great step-back jumper, but I think the thing about it, his assist numbers will probably be like 6, 7, or 8 of the game this season. Like He's going to be one of the top assist-getters in the country this season. I don't think he's a selfish player. I think this is a guy you could win with. And I just think Minnesota just wasn't very good. Like, I think that's what it comes down to. They just didn't have the guys around him. They had Liam Robbins and Gabe who shot 20% from three last year. And Kallster got hurt. So did Robbins late in the season. Then who are you passing to? Like, Booth Gotch was hurt too a little bit. So he didn't really have anybody to pass to. He just kind of had to try to score 40 a game if they were able to win. And that was a big downfall of Minnesota's season. They just were super injured. And they just weren't that good in general they were just playing a, uh, above their talent level and that came down a little bit and now Marcus Carr has guys like Timmy Allen, Dylan Desu, Trey Mitchell, Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Christian Bishop like there's just no shortage of talent on this Texas team and that's why I think Marcus Carr is the point guard to lead them to a potent- potential Final Four.
0: Yeah I, I I agree with everything you said and kind of one last point on Marcus Carr uh you know, when Barn Minnesota was having great performances, oh, he, man. Had <laughs> he had help. He had help. He had Barn Minnesota
1: huge. was crazy.
0: Yeah, he had Liam. Robbins was playing great. Uh, just, I think. That what? What about
1: were- Brandon Johnson, who's now at yeah. DePaul, but he, he made, made eight seven threes. threes. Yeah, it was seven or eight threes in that Iowa game on Christmas Day. He was just not missing. Like, in overtime, I think he's the only Minnesota player that scored, and they won in overtime against Iowa. He just wasn't missing. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I'm not sure he made another three the rest of the year, but, hey, he came up big in that one. Now he's at DePaul. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament, but Brandon Johnson should play a solid role. Yeah, I I agree with that. So, uh, moving on here. Defensive player of the year.
0: Uh, I went with Osun Asunayi out of St. Bonaventure. I think that's how you pronounce it correctly. I just think he does so much defensively for St. Bonaventure to kind of, you know, anchor that defense. He's a great shot blocker, uh, you know, very mobile. So he's able to kind of anchor that defense and really, I think, set St. Bonaventure up to have success. Uh, He was uh, my A-10 defensive player of the year. A ten player of the year. I'm going with him as national defensive player of the year. Uh, then I got uh, Isaac Likely out of Oklahoma State and uh, Isaiah Whaley out of UConn being kind of like my other nominees for the award. I, I, you know, Posh Alexander I might throw in there since Isaiah Whaley and Posh Alexander are co Big defensive player of the years. I'll throw them both in there. Yeah, but, and then Isaac Likely is so that. Another uh, player I would put out there. So, but
1: yeah. I think Osan yeah. is
0: my favorite for the award.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's great. He has a 7'6 wingspan. He can block everything. He can defend guards. He is a very versatile defender. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him be selected kind of in, in the NBA draft, kind of in the range where Namias Kato was last year, who was one of the best defenders in the country at Utah State. I think that can kind of be his way he gets into the NBA. I think he's definitely an NBA-level player, even though he's not a three-point shooter. He can run the floor, good rim-running big man that can block shots. He's going to be really good for the Bonnies this season. For me, it's Lucas Williamson, another mid-major guy. Uh, he just is an awesome defender. He's experienced at Loyola Chicago. He'll be a really good piece in the Missouri Valley. And then I'm going to go with, I'll I'll put Osun Oshunahi on my list too, and then I'll go with Elijah Harkless at Oklahoma. He's a really good defender, started his career at Cal State Northridge, and now is Porter Moser as his coach that should only help him continue being a great defender.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of, great defenders in college basketball.
1: And- there's no Davion Mitchell. Yeah. There, there's there's no off night, but there's a lot of, like, you know, relatively bad nights. But there's no off nights for yeah. uh, offensive players.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, the defenders we kind of lost because you had uh, Davion Marcus Car-
1: Mitchell. Or
0: Mark, Marcus Garrett. Yeah, Marcus Garrett. So, you had two – the two reigning defensive player of the
1: years uh, were – both gone now uh so mark vital mark vital
0: uh so yeah i mean franz
1: Wagner, who got a uh, absolutely robbed of the big 10 defensive player of the year i mean yeah. I, I don't know how they gave that to daryl morsel he's also a great defender but that that franz Wagner was the best defender in the big 10 now daryl morsel he could have stayed at maryland and won back to back but now he's going. He, to... he, who knows maybe wins in the big east i mean Posh Alexander and Isaiah. They'll give it to all three of them, probably. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the Big East way. Yeah. Aaron Thompson might get a piece of it. So you're getting like four guys that might win it. So four they'll guys. all win it. Yeah, I forgot yeah.
0: Aaron Thompson's coming back. I think he may have won it uh, the year before. I He's say. probably
1: won it. That wouldn't surprise me. That seems like an Aaron Thompson kind of thing.
0: Yeah, so it, it'll be a four-way tie.
1: Can we get... Can we make it? Five Montez way? Mathis, yeah. All put right. Montez Mathis in there. Get five. Right. Five way time. There we go. I'm in. Yeah. That's that's Hope. what we need. Yeah, I'm in.
0: All right. Uh, let's see. Coach of the year. We'll go to that. I think that's the last of the awards here. I went with. Uh, I, I went with Matt Painter out of Purdue. I just think he's always pretty solid. I think this is going to be the year he's going to have a tough coaching job. But if he delivers Purdue as like a one or two seed, I think they end up giving him the award. And he's just kind of a um, you know really solid coach. I could also see them just giving Coach K a lifetime achievement award. So I'll put him up there. Uh, I don't know if, you know if Duke ends up being the number one overall seed. Maybe you could say like he deserves it. But even if, like if Duke's a three seed just as expectations would be, and you know, I can still see them giving Coach K Coach of the Year just as a lifetime achievement award, and then Chris Beard as well, just because what he's done uh, turning this program around. So
1: those are my yeah. Options. Coach of the Year is always an interesting award. You look at two years ago, Anthony Grant won it, and he deserved it for sure. But the best two teams in the country were Kansas and Gonzaga. Uh, Bill Self or Mark Few, they did not win it. So that's kind of the direction I'm going with this year. I think there's a number of guys, like I think Matt Painter is a good one, that could overachieve a little bit. I think they're ranked like eighth in the country in the AP poll. I could see them being a one seed. But I'm going to go in a direction. There's two guys I thought of. Both are new hires. Both, I think, have, you know, Elite Eight, Final Four potential. That's probably a hot take, but they're two teams I like a lot. So it's like, I think it could be Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, or the one I'm going with, I'm going to go with Mike Woodson. I think he's going to do a great job at Indiana this season. I think Trace Jackson Davis is going to be one of the best players in the country this season. And that roster is just a lot better. You have Rob Finney as a defensive point guard. You have Xavier Johnson as more of an offensive playmaking point guard. Then you have shooting. That's the biggest thing Indiana has not had in recent years. They have Miller Kopp, who can play the four. Or the three, 6'7", can absolutely shoot the ball very well from outside. Parker Stewart from UT Martin coming in to start his career at Pittsburgh. Tamar Bates could be a first-round pick. He's going to be a really good shooter. Brace Thompson can stretch the floor and shoot it a little bit. So there's no shortage of shooting on this Indiana team this season, even though you lose Al Durham and Armand Franklin the players around Trace Jackson Davis are just so much better than what he's had the first years of his career. So that's a big reason why I think this team's going to be better. But I just think that environment in assembly hall is a tough one to play in. They should be really good at home like usual, but you know, I think just overall this team's gonna be able to win some Big Ten road games. They're gonna be good in the non conference and they're gonna be great at home. So I think they could be like a three or a four seed on selection Sunday, and I think they could go very far in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, I definitely think Mike Woodson, if you know Indiana is able to achieve like being a three seed or a four seed, which I don't think is too outlandish. You know, obviously when you have one of the you know five, three you know, whatever you want to say, Trace Jackson Davis is, like, he's a top 10 player in the sport. So whenever oh, you yeah, have no question. That, I would say top seven
1: at, like, worst.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I want to say I had him at, like, six on my player, uh, top 100 player rankings. Uh, that's with, fair. would fall yeah, in the top seven, I guess. But uh, whenever you have a player at that level of talent, I mean- the, the big thing is just surrounding him with the uh proper parts and I think Tamar Bates provides you know some athleticism some you know scoring punch uh Parker Stewart's an elite uh, shooter um you know Xavier johnson create create off the dribble so surrounding him with uh, good shooting is probably gonna help him a little bit out and maybe he doesn't have to you know drive into double and triple teams all the time and
1: even if he does like he made some good passes like he's a pretty good passer but he could pass it out and most of the time it was not going in it just indiana just was a bad shooting team and everybody knew that trace jackson Davis was going to go try try to go inside with his left hand uh and that just didn't always work because teams knew it was coming but he was still able to be awesome last year got to the foul line a ton uh one of the like I think he had one of the highest free throw rates in the country and he's a pretty solid free throw shooter. I wouldn't expect Trace Jackson Davis to come out and just shoot a bunch of threes. But if he could add that to his arsenal, he'll become even more dangerous. Absolutely. Uh, Next up here, we're going to go into our most
0: overrated teams then our most underrated teams. uh, And then we'll kind of get into uh, some tournament talk, but uh, first for most overrated teams, we 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 have the same one actually we have two of the same uh ones but i'll start out with virginia what what besides the c- t- coach being tony bennett what says this team is going to do anything resembling being a top 25 team like the the roster is not good kihe clark is a system point guard uh, at best uh, he is you know, a role player on a team with three nba level players
1: i don't but know if Kyle guys an nba level player he's already like out of the nba but kyle guy was a great college player. okay
0: two and a half nba level players <laughs> uh one of them who is uh already like really good yeah deandre
1: hunter and then ty, ty jerome's on the thunder you're a Thunder yeah. fan is ty jerome doing good uh he's he's okay sometimes okay there you go he, he plays <laughs> man hey, that's a... The Thunder beat the Lakers the other. They beat them yeah. twice. That's the only team they can beat. We're going to go, uh, do we, if we play them four times, we're going to go 4-78. and 78. I mean, get that first pick. Go get Palo Banchero. But with the way the NBA lottery works, you'd probably end up with like the ninth pick. So
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, looking at like A.J. Griffin or uh, Jaden <laughs> Ivey.
1: Hey, don't uh, don't disrespect Jaden Ivey. <laughs> He's that, great. He's just not. He's a best all of the best player in draft, record. and maybe you'll get like man. I can't even think of like Jabari Smith. Yeah, maybe that, that's a potential. Benedict game. Matherin,
0: one of the Memphis guys. Although I don't know if Bates, I take either
1: of them that high. Maybe Bates. I would not take Jalen Duran ninth overall, probably. But uh, going going back more on Virginia, I'm with you. They're very. They, I Like, it's tough calling them overrated, but, like, we look at what they were a few years ago. They came off the national championship, and they lost everybody except for Mamadi Diakite, pretty much. I mean, Jay Huff came back, but he didn't really play at all the year before. Yeah. So you lost Ty Jerome, you lost uh, DeAndre Hunter, and you lost Kyle Guy. Uh, I think you, I think. Uh, Braxton Key was—no, Braxton Key came back. So you had Braxton yeah. Key back, and you had Mamadi Diakite back. But that was it, and they were terrible offensively until, like, February. They and were they terrible rattled in off February. Like, they just won because yeah, they true. didn't they allow won. any points. Yeah, they won because of defense. They, they really picked it up. They won, like, six or seven straight games at the end of the year. They went from, like, a bubble team in, like, January to, like, okay, they're going to be, like, a five seed. That definitely loses you a 12 seed. And, uh, you know, we'll never know because that didn't, the NCAA tournament didn't happen. But you look at what they had last year. They lost as a four-seed. Obviously, circumstances were a little strange. They were on like a brief COVID pause before the NCAA tournament. Justin McCoy uh, was out with COVID protocols, and he's not on the team anymore either. Is at North Carolina. But you lose your best shooters. You lose Sam Hauser. You lose Jay Huff. You lose Tomas Woldetensei, and you lose Trey Murphy. Those are four super valuable players for a team that was pretty good offensively, all things considered. They just didn't have like a great point guard creator because that's not what Kihei Clark is. But they had a lot of guys that Kihei Clark could make plays for, and that worked out more often than not. They don't have that this year, unless Tane Murray, uh, the freshman from New Zealand, is going to play a lot of minutes as a freshman, which I don't know if it's going to happen because freshmen at Virginia typically don't. So I don't know if that's going to happen, and he's a really good shooter. Uh, Igor Milicic, another overseas guy, uh, can stretch the floor a little bit. He's like a 6'9", six, 6'10", six, big man. But you're looking at like Caden K- Shedrick and Francisco Cafaro at the five, Reese Beekman, uh starting next to Kihei Clark. I think Beekman could be really good, but he hasn't proven to be a great shooter either. And there's just not a lot of shooting. Armon Franklin coming in, he's going to be a really good shooter, but that's about it in the in terms of shooting. So shooting is going to be a big problem. Obviously defensively they'll be great, but I'm just not seeing it offensively. Like they have all the makings of like a seven seed that loses to a ten seed. Like that's what I see. I, I see them as the ten seed losing the seven seed. I can After. see that too. Like yeah. like I they'll be in the tournament. Like I yeah. I don't doubt that. Like they'll be in the tournament because Tony Bennett's their head coach. Yeah. And they have some talent. It's just not all there. Like Jaden Gardner coming in too. I didn't really see him being like a typical Tony Bennett guy. He's not much of a floor stretcher. Uh he hasn't really proven to do that. And he can't really play the five. He's he's like more of a mid range, bruising big man. Uh, bruising power forward, that can really score inside. Jaden Gardner is a good player, but he's not a great defender, and he can't shoot the ball. At least he hasn't shown to. And he was on a bad East Carolina team. I don't think that matters a ton because he was super productive. But I don't know what kind of role he's going to play. Is he going to be really good, or is he going to be like a 9, 10-point per game guy? I'm not sure. Like that That's something I want to wait and see. Like If he ends up being really good, like 15, 16 a game, like he was at East Carolina – then that changes my tune a little bit. I still think they'll be a bad shooting team. But if Jaden Gardner is their go-to guy, I think that makes Virginia a really solid team. So if that happens, then I'll be more in on Virginia. But for now, I'm definitely not all the way in. Yeah, I'm de- I'm, I'm just,
0: I'm not even in. I'm out on Virginia. I'm selling all this uh, stock that, Actually, I sold all my Virginia stock after they won the 2019 uh, national championship. Yeah, so that's good, fair. Yeah, that's, that's good, fair. good to sell it at the highest points as you could possibly yeah. sell it. Uh, but yeah, if I have any stock, I'm selling it right away. I don't think they're going to be that great. I think they'll make the tournament just because Tony Bennett is very good. And if they're a top 20 team, give Tony Bennett you know Coach of the Year nationally <laughs> because. Uh, this this roster is just not great. Uh, you mentioned Gardner. I I think he's probably more of like a empty stats on a bad team, like he
1: was at East Carolina. He wasn't that efficient. Uh, he, he was solid, like yeah. he he was. There just wasn't much around him, and that was one yeah. of the issues. Like yeah. that, there just wasn't much there. And like they did beat Houston last year, so maybe maybe they hey they play Houston again. Uh, Virginia plays Houston like. Uh, the first or second weekend of the year, so maybe they could pull off a win there. Yeah, probably not, but maybe. Uh, Armand Franklin, what he
0: was like solid at Indiana, but again, Indiana was not a tournament team last year. So yeah, they
1: were pretty pretty subpar. I, I don't necessarily like. I think Reese Beekman going to take a pretty big step forward, but I don't see it being.
0: But he almost enough. has
1: to yeah. like that. Like it's not like okay, maybe Reese Beekman can you know come into his own this season and that would be big like he has to if virginia is going to be good
0: yeah and then you know same with uh i mean kihei clark is just kind of what he is like he's a very good role player but Mm. uh if he has to be the guy you're not gonna be that great so i i and i also don't see the defense like you don't have jay huff just swatting you know, being a human swap machine inside. You don't have, uh, I mean, Mama D.D. D. Kite uh, was great that year. They had Braxton Key. Like, even thinking back to that 2020 team that, it you know, was probably like a six or a seven seed, they had great defenders. I'm not seeing the great defensive players. I have my concerns at the five, so uh, just. I,
1: I, I think Shedrick and Kafara will be kind of like what Jack Salt was for a number of years, which isn't great but he'll set screens and play defense. I think that's what you're getting there. You're yeah, not getting Jay Huff. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm out on them. Other team,
0: uh, UConn. I I think, you know, they, the defense is going to be very good with this team. I'm just not quite buying the offense. They were kind of like a borderline, uh, you know, top 25 team with James Booknight a season ago. I've really not seen- bad without him. Yeah, and they couldn't make a shot to save their lives when he was out. So I'm not seeing how this is still a top 25 team. Maybe I end up being wrong. I'll still project Yukon mm. as a tournament team, but I'm just not seeing this being a you know team that you know is top 25 level throughout the season.
1: Yeah, I think they'll be great defensively. Adama Sinogo should take a jump offensively. Isaiah Whaley is a great post defender. A cook, a cook. He should be, you know, fully healthy. He missed a portion of last year recovering from his torn Achilles. I like his potential quite a bit, especially as a versatile defender. So he he should be pretty solid. But for me, it's a scoring. I mean, there's just not a ton of proven scoring. RJ Cole, can he be the guy? I'm not sure. We'll have to see. And then you look at like Andre Jackson. Can he take a step up? He's never been a really good shooter, but he's always been like a great athlete. Can he become a shooter? Then you look at Jordan Hawkins as a freshman, what can he do? If Hawkins or Jackson emerge as a go to scorer, I could see UConn being a top twenty five team pretty consistently, but I'm not fully buying into that yet. So I'm skeptical a bit on Yukon. I think I had them like sixth in the Big East. I have them as a tournament team more as like a ten or eleven seed than like a four or five seed.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like where I kind of see them uh, going into the season. Uh, another team we kind of compared on, it was Oregon State. Uh, yeah, yep. I I kind of wanted to like Oregon State going into this year, kind of like as that scrappy underdog. But then, like, you see these preseason projections in the Pac-12 had them tied for fourth with Arizona. It's like, what? I, I just do don't it?
1: see that. Yeah, I don't yeah. see that. Like, if, if Oregon State season ends against UCLA in the Pac-12 tournament, they'd be picked, like, 11th or 12th. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, they made a great run in the NCAA tournament, but I'm not going to say they were a good team last year. They weren't. Yeah. They got hot. And, like, hey, all, all respect to Wayne Tinkle and uh, Ethan Thompson for doing that in his senior season. He knew that was going to be it for his career at Oregon State. Then he was going to go pro, and he's going to have a very good pro career because Ethan Thompson was a great player at Oregon State. But they just weren't that good. I mean, they got hot at the right time and they were able to get things going. Worth Alatiche is really good, versatile, and super athletic. I like his game quite a bit. Jared Lucas, I think it's kind of like a similar Virginia situation. They need Jared Lucas to become the go-to guy. They transitioned from Trace Tinkle, kind of from like Gary Payton the second to Trace Tinkle. To Ethan Thompson, and now it has to be Jared Luke is taking that step up this season. Then you add some transfers, none of which I think will be super impactful necessarily this season. Uh, Roman Silva down low led them in scoring against Tennessee in the NCAA tournament. I, don't, I wouldn't expect that very often, but he showed more scoring against a smaller team in Tennessee. And then you have some other pieces like Gianni Hunt. I think he could be pretty solid. And then uh, Davis from the Juco level. I'm totally blanking on his first name for some reason. I like him a lot. I want to say Devontae Davis, but it's definitely not his name. Uh, it'll come to me. Deshaun Davis. Deshaun. He he's a uh, yeah Devonte Davis. That's Devo Davis. Deshaun Davis. Uh, he he was really good at the JUCO level. Can shoot the ball at a game winner in their exhibition against a D two team the other day. Great playmaker. He just does it all, and I think he's going to be a very good player for this Oregon State team. Liked watching him a lot at the Juco level last year. I think he's going to be very good next to Jared Luke, because I think Worth Atiche, Maurice Kalu is going to be very good, too, as a shooter. Uh, But there's just not enough here for me to say they're a tournament team. I don't see that.
0: Yeah, and, like, I I kind of see them being, like, that scrappy 6th or 7th team in the Pac-12 that, like, wins Mm. a few games. I just, like, putting them in this – basically on the same level as Arizona, who I think is like a clear NCAA tournament team. That's just kind of where I come at it with when it comes to overing in Oregon State. If they were ranked like sixth in the preseason poll, I don't think anyone would have really noticed. but that they were fourth. That's kind of like where I took notice, and I think a lot of people took notice.
1: I think I have them... Ninth. Like, I think ninth is fair. That could be an NIT team. I just don't see it. Like, I I yeah. can't picture Oregon State being an at-large team. I just don't see that. It's kind of the same thing as Georgetown. I think most people are pretty relaxed on their Georgetown projections. I think most have them near the bottom of the Big East where they should be. They they aren't an upper tier big East team because they got hot at the right time. I I think overreactions in March is definitely something that happens pretty frequently, and I think that's different from what you see at the UCLA. They did get hot at the right time, but they return everybody that appeared in their final four game against Gonzaga, add a rim protector, Miles Johnson, and add a five-star recruit. Even if they weren't in the final four, they're a top-ten team.
0: Yeah. And then you had one more uh, most overrated team I'll let you kind of discuss.
1: Yeah, I went with USC. Again, another team that made a run a bit in the NCAA tournament. They were a six seed, right? Yeah. Six seed and uh had Evan Mobley he was great Pac-12 player of the year even though it was actually Chris Duarte but you know they can give it to Evan Mobley that's fine but I just don't I don't see it like Drew Peterson's a good role player Isaiah White is a solid role player they'll both be fine Mac, Max Agbonk Polo's a good role player maybe he takes a step up this season but you lose Taj Ed. you'll lose uh Evan Mobley of course I think Boogie Ellis should be pretty good. He can kinda of play the same role Taj E. D did and he they'll probably have similar production, but you're losing Evan Mobley. Like the you lose him. He won every award imaginable for a player in the Pac-12 last season and he's gone. You can look at Josh Morgan, the Long Beach State transfer to maybe step in some of that role. Maybe Chavez Goodwin who uh, is returning for the COVID year or you can play Isaiah Mobley at the five or you're banking on Isaiah Mobley taking a big step up, which I could see, but I don't think he's Evan Mobley. I think he's good. I just don't think he's Evan Mobley good. So I think they're probably a tournament team, but like they're like top 45 in the country for me. Not, not, not quite near the top 25.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of like pretty accurate where I would have him. I don't think they're top 25 team at all, but, I think Isaiah like they, Mobley,
1: they received votes, I think, right? Like yeah. they received a little bit of votes.
0: Yeah. Like I, I think they were a little bit better than what their sixth seed was. Like I, I kind of think as a team, like if you were power ranking them, I would say like their four or five seed going into last year's tournament. So I, I do think that's kind of like one thing I'll kind of say. Like I think they were better than what their seed was last season. But at the same time, like you're losing Evan Mobley, who I mean as as we stand probably the rookie of the year in the NBA like he's he's just very
1: good been great yeah, yeah. he's been he's been phenomenal in the NBA
0: yeah, yeah like he's a transcendent defender you know he can space the floor as a shooter so like Evan Mobley is like once in a generation level big like I think eventually he'll be like at the Joel and B Pitchell or Yeah
1: but, yeah, I think if he improves that shooting to be like a, a serious, uh, you know, someone you seriously have to watch for out there, I think he could be a, a legitimate like long time NBA All Star.
0: Yeah, I, I think Isaiah will be. I think he can take the offensive step forward. I don't think he'll be near as good the defender. I think Drew Peterson can have kind of take kind of a step forward. I think Boogie Ellis will be a kind of good piece i think he can kind of fill in that tajidi role a little bit not quite as good but like you don't necessarily need him to be quite as good it's just i, I think where you said is like they're not a top 25 team they're more of like a top 45 team i have mm-hmm. them as an NCAA tournament team which i think is i think they'll end up being an nca tournament level team but i think they'll finish like fourth in the pac 12 as opposed to uh Third or, yeah, I think third was where they were slot preseason-wise.
1: Yeah, I think I have them six in the Pac-12. I have them behind Arizona State a little bit, like who I kind of see as a bubble team. It's kind of where I see USC. And then I think Washington State kind of above the bubble for me, and then Arizona I have safely in.
0: Speaking of, uh, I guess we can transition. You mentioned Washington State. They're number one on my most underrated teams. Uh, I don't think enough people are giving this team credit uh, yeah, I think Michael Flowers was a you know, perfect addition for this team. He's like a high level score, very efficient score. So I think he's going to be a good fit for this team. They bring back Noah Williams. They have, you know, one of the best front courts in this sport. So in terms of underrated teams, I think Washington State has to be near the top.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Kyle Smith is a great coach. They'll be good on defense, and I think the offense is going to get better. Michael Flowers is probably better than Isaac Bonton. He's more efficient, at least. And then Tyrell Roberts, a UC San Diego transfer is very underrated, too. He didn't play last year in uh, UCSD's transition year to Division One, but he shot almost 50% from deep at the D2 level two seasons ago, so he should be really good. Also, uh, you add you had uh, Muhammad Gi, a five-star recruit who can play kind of the three, four, or the five. If you want to play big, you can probably play him at the threes, athletic enough. You can shoot the ball. You probably want him playing the four next to F.A. Abigidi. That'll work, too. And then you have Andre Yakomovsky off the bench, Deshaun Jackson. So you have two really good bench players right there and some other guys that could fill in some roles like T.J. Bamba. But I think that Washington State is relatively deep, and they have that star power with Noah Williams and Fa Abigidi, both their NBA level players. And I think Washington State will return to the NCAA tournament this season for the first time since Tony Bennett was their head coach.
0: I, I am on the same page. Uh, next team I had up here, Butler. I think you know we kind of gloss over Butler maybe a little bit in uh, Big East you know, contention, because we we got a lot of the entertaining teams. I think Butler is going to be one of the more fascinating teams to watch. You have Chuck Harris, who I think was late in the season playing like one of the, you know, best players in the Big East. And then you kind of, you know, get back Aaron Thompson, who was like a really good, just elite glue guy for them a couple seasons ago when they would have been like a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament uh, back in 2020. So you, you had him. You return a lot of pieces from last year's roster. I think they were one of those teams playing really well late in the season. So I think Butler is one of those teams I think going to be very underrated heading into this season.
1: Yeah, and then you look at Bryce Enzi and Bryce Golden both returning. Ty Gross coming in from Eastern Michigan as a good athlete that can defend. Uh, Miles Tate still recovering from his ACL tear. But I think Butler's pretty experienced. I think LaValle Jordan's a good coach. I don't think the upside is super high, but I think they're a tournament team. Yeah, that that's kind of where I am. Like, they'll be, like, probably
0: near the bubble, but I think they end up sneaking in. Mm. I'll let you go next with your team.
1: Yeah, I'll go with Arizona as my uh, first one. I think they're really good. I think the upside... Is really high. Benedict Matherin probably going to wind up being like a top 20 pick in the NBA draft. Azulis Tubelis is my dark horse for Pac 12 player of the year. It reminds me a lot of Sandro Mamukilzvili from Seton Hall, now on the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Tubelis can shoot the ball. I think he's going to do more of that this season. It was really good for Lithuania in the U19 uh, this past year. Solid defender, really good athlete. I think he's going to be a big time player for Arizona. And one of the best players in all of the Pac-12. I think it's a little surprising he wasn't on the preseason first team All Pac-12 list, but I think he'll be there by the end of the season. Then you add uh, a couple solid pieces from the portal with Justin Kyer, Kim Aiken as the Big Sky Player of the Year last, or Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year last year, and then uh, Pella Larson is recovering from an injury. I think he'll be back relatively soon. Uh, he can shoot the ball. He can run the point if you need him to. And I think this team at its best might be with him running the point or. with Kirk Kreisa, uh developing a bit. I guess I I like that point guard, duo. I think Kreese is going to get it going. He only played like eight games last year. I think he's going to be a really good long-term piece for the Wildcats. And Pelo Larson, I, just, I like his game a ton. It was between Arizona and Kansas. So Kansas wanted him, but he landed with Arizona. And I think Tommy Lloyd is going to get a lot out of him. He can run the point, shoot the ball and play three positions, he's going to be a big-time piece for this Arizona team. I like the depth. Christian Coloco should be really good, especially defensively. Arizona's a team I would not want to see uh, scheduled against me in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, I think Arizona's going to take a step forward. When you have two players at uh, Tubelis and Matherin's level who are, I think, both going to be – I the Pac-12 does 10-team, first-team, or I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think
1: both of them will be on that 10 team. I say like I don't both. think Matherin will be. I think Matherin will be like second team. I think I think he'll be good. I just don't think he's going to be first team good. Like I don't think he's a top 10 player in the conference. Like I think he could be, but I think it can come down to like him and Marcus Bagley or something like that. Cuz there's a couple guys on the second team of the Pac-12 preseason like uh they they didn't have Marion Jackson on any list. I think he's going to be first team. Quincy Guerrier uh, from Oregon, I think is going to be first team. So I, I think a couple of guys have to drop off from that first, and that could uh, be Bagley and Benedict Matherin, who are more NBA prospects than great college players.
0: Yeah, I think I'll say that both of them will be first team all league players. I guess I haven't done the full 10-player race, but uh, I, I think would you have like 10 you know potential first team all Pac-12 level players like you do with Tupelis and Mather, and then you kind of surround them with the proper shooting. I think that, you with Coloco, with Omar Vallow inside, I think you kind of, you have an idea, you're going to get physicality, toughness inside. So I think the front court's going to be good. So yeah, I think Arizona definitely one of those teams that's going to be kind of fun to watch this season.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And then I'll
0: I'll let you go next here with uh, your other, Next team.
1: Yeah, let me uh, double-check my list to see what order I have it in. Okay, I have Colorado State next. They were really solid last season. They essentially played like a playing game for the NCAA tournament against Utah State in the Mountain West Tournament. They lost, but they return everybody except for P.J. Bird, and they're going to be really good. They had Chandler Jacobs from uh, the D2 level at Dallas-Baptist. Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy is one of the best duos in the entire country. They can go small and play Roddy at the 5 if they want to with Adam Thistlewood or John Tanjay at the 4, Jacobs at the 3, and then your two guards, uh, Isaiah Stevens and Kendall Moore. But I think uh, Deshaun Thomas is a guy that could take a big step up this year, a big man that can shoot the ball in James Moore's will be a solid role player. This is a really good Colorado state team. I have them ranked in my top 25. They get Alabama early in the season. I think that's going to be a big time litmus test for them, but I think they're the best team in the Mountain West. So, I think they're I think they're a little underrated and I think they should be ranked nationally.
0: Yeah, I, I think they definitely should be ranked. I I had them ranked. So, uh yeah, just in terms of Colorado state, I, I definitely behind all that points. I think Chandler Jacobs, you add him, he's like a high level you know, bucket getter. He should come in and kind of fill a perfect role. Uh, you have Isaiah Stevens. Uh, you obviously have David Roddy, who's uh, point, point center, point forward. Uh, so I, this team's going to be, I think, very good. And Colorado State, you you mentioned Mountain West favorites. Uh, I, I definitely agree on that. And uh, they'll be, I, I think, borderline top 25 throughout the kind of regular season.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. If they're if they're ranked like top fifteen come selection Sunday, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, and then
0: I'll finish on my last one here. Uh, I went with Seton Hall. Uh, they, I think, kind of underrated. I think they have a really good starting five. I think Richmond was a good point guard addition. They didn't really have a true point guard, so adding you know piece like Richmond's going to be big. He kind of brings the defensive toughness that they didn't have. I know they lose uh, Sandro, who was kind of a, you know, he was an incredible piece for uh, Seton Hall a season ago, but I just think they'll be able to kind of, you know, keep on going. I think they'll improve from a season ago uh, with having, I think, a better defense with having like a pure point guard. I think that they're another kind of team where, Like they don't necessarily have, you know, one guy who's going to beat you, but they have like five guys who on any given night can have their night and uh, ultimately end up beating you.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Seton Hall's will going to be good. And my final one is Murray State. I like what they add with Trey Hannibal and Carter Collins, Jordan Skipper Brown, uh, Damari Burns. Those should all be very impactful players. Elijah Farr from the Juco level. Then you return your best two players with Tevin Brown and K.J. Williams. They were one of the unluckiest teams in the country last year per Ken Palm's luck ratings. They had a bad season, but I think they'll be really solid this year. And I think they're not that far behind Belmont in the grand scheme of things in the OVC. Yeah, I definitely think Belmont.
0: I, I'm still picking Belmont
1: to win the league, but yeah, uh, yeah we, me too. But it's close. Yeah, we I think you've picked Murray State before, so I, I probably have, but you know, I you know, rational thinking it's Belmont. Okay, Murray State's
0: gonna be good though. That mm-hmm. Tevin Brown is he's a bucket, he's very good. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's get into the one seed's. I'm going to go. uh, I think these are just going to be kind of the best regular season teams. Maybe not the best, you know, regular plus tournament, but I'm going with Gonzaga, Kansas, Michigan, and Kentucky. I think Gonzaga, though, they may lose a game here or there uh, this season. I don't think they'll enter the NCAA tournament undefeated, but they'll still, I think, do enough, uh, you know, non conference play to get it. I think Kansas ends up winning the big 12. So that's kind of the premise I think it's going to be down to either Kansas or Texas. And I think Kansas, you know, ultimately edges Texas out wins the big 12 and gets, I think the South region is what they're fighting for. Uh, Kentucky, I think it's going to win the sec. They'll be my pick. Uh, and then Michigan, I think ends up in the East region. I think they'll, They'll it's going to be a tight race between them and Purdue. But I think Michigan ultimately, I could see both those teams winning. I think Michigan though, ends up with the one seed.
1: Yeah. I think for me, it'll be Gonzaga or that's my final four, uh, Gonzaga, UCLA, Texas, and Purdue, I think will be the one seeds. That's kind of how I have it ranked right now. So for one seeds, I'll go like that. But uh, my, my final four looks a little different. I have, I have Gonzaga, Kentucky, UCLA, and Indiana. So going a little different. I'm not going to say all the one seeds I have are going to be in the final four because that's probably not happening. So,
0: Yeah. Uh, Next up, I I guess since we've done our one seeds, uh, Cinderella teams, uh, we we may as well start with you. You're you're the (laughs) mid-major aficionado. So uh, which teams
1: do you want? I guess – yeah, I guess you could uh, call me that if you want to, but I'll go with like I'll just briefly touch on some of them. Like Buffalo, I think could be really good. They open with Michigan in in Ann Arbor. That'll be a much closer game than uh, I think I think people would realize because Buffalo's really good. They're athletic with Jonathan Williams and uh, Josh Mbala. They have shooting with Ronaldo Segu, Macy O'Jack, Keyshawn Bruton, uh, Curtis Jones, not the one that was on Oklahoma State and Penn State and then they have Brock Bertram, who's a good big-man defender, so they should be really good this season in the MAC. Iona, they're a little uh, injured right now, but I think when they're fully healthy, they should be one of the better mid-major teams in college basketball, with Tyson Jolly and Elijah Joyner coming in. Berejean Louis, a great defender. Nelly Jr. Joseph is a really good player. Quin Slizinski... Can stretch the floor and shoot the ball, and of course Rick Patino's our head coach, so they could be like a 11, 12, 13 seed that makes it to the Sweet 16. Then you look at all top, all the top four teams from the from the Valley. I could see Drake, Loyola Chicago, Northern Iowa, and Missouri State all making a run in the Big Dance. South Dakota State is a team I like a lot. Baylor Shireman, Noah Friedel, they have uh, some athleticism down low. Uh, Matt Dentlinger is a good player, and then they have. Uh, Douglas Wilson, who was the preseason player of the year last year, I believe, in the Summit League. He's athletic. They want to take a lot of three-pointers. That's what they'll do, and that's a formula to win in the NCAA tournament. So I think that's something you could watch out for, for Eric Henderson's Jackrabbits. And then Northern Colorado's kind of a dark horse that I'm throwing out there because they can really shoot the ball. They have a really good offense. Drew uh, Drew Kookshausen coming in from McNeese State was one of the best shooters in college basketball the past few years. Dalton, uh, Dalton Necht, as a uh, Juco player is really good. And then you return Bodie Hume who can shoot the ball. We have Matt Johnson who can shoot the ball. Uh, Kurt Joe Cooch is good inside. So you have a lot of options for scoring. You have a big man presence with Joe Cooch and a lot of shooting. So if they're able to win the big sky. I have, I have Southern Utah as a team to beat in the big sky, but if Northern Colorado winds up being in that team, I think they could win a game in the tournament as like a 14 seed.
0: Yeah, they, they would be definitely tough to play against. I went with Louisiana Tech as kind of one of my teams. I think with them, they're just going to be. They have a player in Kenneth Lofton Jr., who we've touched on numerous times on this podcast. He's he's a tank inside. He's going to be hard to score against. I think he's going to be kind of a a big piece. I I think a kind of you know another team touching on. I guess Belmont would be you know another one that could. Do they do they count though?
1: Are they I really think they a could, Cinderella
0: team? I think if they make the Sweet 16, maybe, you could say. Okay, yeah.
1: I, I think they could get there. I think they could get to the Elite Eight, and they have a really good yeah. team. Say, say, like, I guess if I'm counting the Valley teams, I should count them, too, and that's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I agree. They're definitely a Cinderella-type team. Like,
0: if Loyola Chicago has been the two that's Sweet 16s, so... One Final Four. Yeah, and one Final Four. So, if Belmont makes their first... Uh, Sweet 16. They're definitely in it. Uh, I think New Mexico state could be a team that I think they have a lot of talent. I think they could potentially win a game. Uh, you, you touched on Buffalo. I, I think them or Ohio could be kind of uh, Cinderella teams. I think both those teams are capable of winning a game or two in the NCAA tournament. So, uh, and then Colgate's another one. Uh, they, they have, you know, they're going to be fun to watch this year.
1: No Definitely. Jordan Burns, but.
0: Yeah, no no Jordan Burns, but still a lot of pieces back. So Colgate could potentially win a game, so long as they're not playing Devo Davis in Arkansas.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that was tough. But yeah. they led for most of the first half.
0: Yeah. And then final one, Louisiana
1: Lafayette. That's oh, yeah. I agree one. with that one, too. Yeah. I, I don't know why I left them in New Mexico State out. I, I like those a lot. Theo Akuba and Jordan Brown, just an awesome. Big man duo for uh, the Raging Cajuns in these Sun belts.
0: That's a front court that might overload. Like, they might that's be like, like a, a top teams. ten front
1: court in the country. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's like really good. Like, Aquiba could play on most high major teams, and Brown uh, could have went to Texas or Tennessee. So he could have went pretty much anywhere he wanted to. Yeah, you're
0: so, telling me like Villanova's stopping that front court?
1: No, I don't no, know. They're not. No, they're not. Villanova might outscore them, but they will. Yeah, they'll make a lot of threes, but they won't be able to stop them inside. Yeah. So, Uh,
0: North Carolina might actually be able to stop them, but
1: yeah, probably North Carolina.
0: Baylor, Shamua Chachua. That if Louisiana Lafayette, you called Oral Roberts over Ohio State. If Louisiana Lafayette plays Baylor,
1: okay. I'm picking Louisiana Lafayette. Noted. I'll remember this. Yeah, it's noted. Okay. There we go.
0: Uh, I guess next team here, Dark Horse Final Four teams. I'm going to kind of stick with the mid-major uh, level here. I think St. ventures a team. They have really good team chemistry, a lot of experience, good guard play, uh, a great interior big man. They, they lost to LSU last year, but I, I think it was kind of like one of those games. It was a little bit closer than – maybe the final score end up looking like. So I, I think St. Bonaventure is definitely a team being a dark horse final four team.
1: Yeah. I think for me, you can look at like Indiana, Arizona, some teams I've talked about them high on. And like, it, it's tough to get to the final four, but like Colorado state, Nevada, San Diego state, all really good in the mountain West. And then like, you know, maybe like BYU, those are all, that would be tough for any of them to get there, but maybe you never know. Maybe Drake or Loyola, Loyal of Chicago, maybe, maybe one of them. We'll see. Yeah, uh,
0: I also have Virginia Tech and Colorado State as nominees. I like I it. We, yeah, I like it. We talked on Colorado State earlier and then yeah. I think shout Virginia out Colorado
1: Tech. State. Yeah. Shout out Colorado State. Virginia Tech. They're, they're going to be tough. Kebe Aluma, They have shooting. The depth is a big problem for me, but I think they can be really good.
0: Final four time. Uh, I'll go first here. I have Gonzaga, Kansas, Texas, and Kentucky. Uh, I I predicted based on my preseason bracketology the winners of each region. Uh, I went with three one seeds and a two seed. So I'm not great at being you
1: know the biggest upset picker, but that's my final four. I don't do Bracketology, so I kind of just guessed. I, I think I already spoiled mine, but I went Gonzaga, Kentucky, UCLA, and Indiana. I guess kind of like three Blue Bloods in there. That wasn't intentional, but I think Indiana's going to be really good, so I put them in there. Indiana's a Red Blood. So you, two <laughs> Blue Bloods and a Red Blood. Define Red Blood. Uh, blue Blood, but Red Team. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then... Think we both have the same champion, Gonzaga. I, I don't think they're going to be as dominant in the regular season, but I still think they end up pulling it out in the uh, NCAA tournament. I don't think there's also Davion Mitchell to just completely outplay them in the title game this year either.
1: Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to the Gonzaga to win it all. Uh, I just I'm going to pick that every year until it happens. So
0: yeah. Uh, so that will wrap up uh, for, uh, this podcast. Uh, thanks again for everyone who tuned in college basketball seasons right on the way. Uh, we're going to do a champions classic preview pod, uh, shortly, but, uh, until next time, thanks again for tuning in.